Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A good Sunday morning to you. Fair skies, 27 degrees at 7-Eleven. I'm Susie Jones, Dr. David Hilden of Hennepin Healthcare. On line with us once again on this Sunday morning, talking all things health. Good morning, Dr. Hilden. Good morning, Susie. How are you doing today? I'm all right. I'm a little, I had my booster yesterday, which is good, right? We all want to get our booster. But I'm a little uh, little slow moving today. Not out of the game, but a little, my arm hurts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to whine because it wasn't that bad, but you know. Right. What you're experiencing, that's really typical for uh, people who just got their booster COVID vaccination. And um, uh, I'll say a little bit more about that, but good morning and welcome everybody to the program. I'm glad you're tuning in and listening with us. We're going to do an open line show today and ask your questions about anything and everything either by text or of course you can call us. And as Susie, as Susie said, I hope you are all getting your booster shots as well because that that uh, that one to two days of not feeling the greatest and you might, you might you'll be a little low energy. You might have a little fever. I had a little fever. You might not feel well, but those couple of days of not feeling well is is well well worth it, as we are learning with new variants and you know new Greek letters coming out <laughs> with our Omicron variant and all that. The that booster vaccine is proving to be extremely extremely important. So if you haven't gotten any vaccines, oh for heaven's sakes, what are you waiting for? But if you haven't got your booster yet. Uh, I would set up an appointment at your local clinic or your local pharmacy and get that done as well because it's so important, um, especially with this new variant. And it is an open phone line, so we want to remind folks that it is 651-461-9226 if you have a question. You can text that, and then we'll get your information passed along to Dr. Hilden. You can also use that same number, 651-461-9226, if you have any questions about the virus, about the booster, or anything health-related. I think, Dr. Hilden, we just had this snowstorm, and it sort of reminded us that our that our bodies can only go so far when shoveling, and and various, and it was a little icy walk again, and I think people, we kind of have to be reminded once again of our winter surroundings and taking it easy out there. Totally, and I'm personally experiencing a little bit of what of, of our bodies can't always take. And I think that I, I'm a little bit of denial, but I, I pulled out my back yesterday shoveling during that thing, and I couldn't get my snowblower working. And um, I'm the world's biggest moron when it comes to, you know, maintenance of your, of your equipment. And so I don't 
drain the gas of from my snowblower. I've never changed a spark plug in the thing for year after year after year. I don't do anything. I literally do nothing. And then I want it to start every year. So the first snowfall of the year doesn't start. So I get out there with a snow shovel. I'm shoveling you know, that foot of snow from my driveway, and my back seized up so bad. I'm still limping around um, today. It's my first time throwing out my back, you know, sh- shoveling, and I'm feeling like, oh, my God goodness is am i getting older am i just stupid so everybody <laughs> maybe a little of both huh maybe a little of both so for my 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 biggest medical advice to everybody uh today is actually change the spark plug in your snowblower so it starts next time or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is i hope everybody else uh, was able to get shoveled out and my, my back will recover i will be fine yes yes but and holy remember, cow and i always think you know when you hurt yourself my inclination is to put a heating pad on because it feels so nice. But they they do say, though, that you should put uh, an ice pack, right? Is that a better way of managing? Or how do you manage a, a strained back or, you know, pain in your back? That's a good question. And my wife, Julie, and I were having that very conversation yesterday as she was helping me in because I couldn't move. You know, I couldn't. She had to take my shoes off because I couldn't bend over. And even I'm thinking, wait a minute now, is it ice or is it heat? Generally, the general rule for acute injuries is ice. Um, But uh, if you have a muscle spasm, you know, it's muscular in nature and you're pretty sure that's what it is. Like, that's what it is with me. I'm almost 100% sure. Sure. Heat will feel better. You know, uh, uh, be careful of heating pads. We do see a lot of burns with heating pads. People burn their skin. So do not put it directly on your skin. Put a towel under it. That, a warm bath or something might help if it's muscular. For all other acute injuries, things like you've, you've torn a ligament or you've broken a bone or you've, 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 you know, you've fallen on your wrist and hurt it, for instance, ice is almost always better because it reduces inflammation. Uh, we, always, we often use the term rice, actually, R-I-C-E. The R is for rest. The I is indeed for ice. Mm. C is for compression, and three or E is for elevation. So you want to do huh. those things to reduce that initial inflammation. But I, of course, uh, you know, I just did some stretches. I tried to do uh, <laughs> some yoga moves with the with the help of my yoga instructor spouse, and uh, <laughs> and then I did not right look like the there. pictures on the covers of the yoga magazines. Let me let me tell you that I look like a ninety nine year old guy trying to do down dog. Oh Lord, I can only imagine what, <laughs> oh, it was what that must have looked like. In it your was house. horrible. Someone had so, a hidden camera somewhere. That would yeah. Been with that being said, I am looking at the text line. And I want to address one of them right away. It's about sure. blood donation okay. because uh, someone is asking the question directly on the WCCO text line. It says, I have O negative blood, but t- I take a number of medications for diabetes, hypertension, et cetera. Is there any way I can donate blood? The reason I want to get to that one is because we're in a critical blood shortage again. Yeah. And a few months ago, I announced we're in a critical blood shortage. And literally the blood donation centers told me that they got busier. Oh, uh, on on Monday, the day after I announced that. And so Healthy Matters listeners are stepping up. Well, listeners, we need you again. Um, earlier this week, there was only a one-day supply of, of certain blood types. That's that's ridiculously low. Uh, a one-day supply is, is uh, I shudder to think of that. That's not enough. Just think of your 
your checking account has $1.95 left in it. We need more blood. So the person who says I'm O negative blood, first of all, O negative is the universal donor. In other words, you can give O negative blood to any other human being safely. They don't have to be the same type as you. So O negative is particularly coveted. I can't comment on the texter's own medical issues. There are some disqualifying conditions. Uh, hypertension all by itself is not a disqualifying condition, nor is uh, medications you might be taking um, because they don't, you're not giving them your illness. What you're giving them is your red cells and your platelets, and those are just fine. So there are some disqualifying conditions for blood donation, but certainly give a call and ask the Memorial Blood Center. It's mbc.org, Memorial Blood Center, or the Red Cross. And I would encourage everybody go to Memorial Blood Center or Red Cross and see if you can't donate. Uh, um, it is so needed right now. So I want to thank the texter even for bringing up the con- that point. It's so important right now. Yeah, I started giving blood after my dad died in 2005 and uh, did a little promo. So there's my picture up on the wall. Some of the memorial people, friends. You have your will, picture on the wall there? Uh huh. Some, te- some friends will say, hey, I'm giving blood and I think I see you on the wall. But Oh, that's awesome. You know, I did it because he needed transfusions. And they sort of asked you if you have a loved one with cancer um, and who might need a transfusion. I mean, obviously, car accidents, et cetera. But, you know, it is so important for cancer patients to have that transfusion available. And so for us as a family, we sort of decided that we were going to give back. And uh, it wasn't hard. And they take such good care of you when you're giving the blood. They they just treat you like with kid gloves, you know, precious that you're willing to give that away. They really do. You get more. I mean, it's... You make more blood, you know. You will you make the, the yeah, yeah, exactly. You will make the the liquid part of your blood within hours, just hours. Now the cells take longer than that to make. You know, you have to recreate platelets, but your body creates millions of platelets every single day, every day, uh, and it creates millions of red blood cells. Uh, it takes a little bit longer, but it makes red cells as well. And so you you'll you'll create more of them. You you really well. You won't miss it. And and they give you Oreo cookies. And and for some reason they always give Lorna Dunes. You know those little shortbread cookies. I, know, I, I love, love the Lorna Dunes. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And, and you're right, Susie. Um, the the groups that need it the most. There's two big groups. The big, big group number one is cancer patients. Cancer patients need the components of your your blood. And it's more than just just the, the the it's not they're not giving it whole you donate whole blood that is spun down into all the different cells platelets and plasma and red cells and so cancer patients are the big group and then the second group is people with trauma people who are in car accidents and the like and are bleeding they they need blood off, often in large supplies and then lots of other people too so that's a, a great topic to start us off if you want to give a christmas gift to someone you've never met and mm-hmm. that is what giving blood is. You're donating to some person you've never met, you never will meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's an altruistic thing if there ever was one. So mbc.org is Memorial Blood Center in the Twin Cities. mbc.org or the Red Cross, wherever you can you can find the Red Cross easily on, online. All right. And we'll take a quick break here. It is 651-461-9226 if you have a question for Dr. Hilden. We do have Sheldon on our line, but I think we'll take a break and come back and start with Sheldon at the other side of the commercial break. It is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning brought to you by Hennepin Healthcare. 
It is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning with a lot of snow out there, so be careful if you're out and about this morning. It is 725. Dr. David Hilton, Hennepin Healthcare, with us, and we'll take a call out of the gate here this next segment. Sheldon is calling with a question for you, Dr. Hilton. Go ahead, Sheldon. You're on with Dr. Hilton. Good morning. I'm 80 years old and medically compromised. I am given by infusion symphony and uh, every two months, and I've received three full injections of Moderna. Uh, should I get a booster of a different variety or a booster of Moderna? Or uh, because I'm getting the infusions, is that bringing my uh, uh, tolerance down? Should I uh, try and remain uh, away from family and uh, gatherings. Thanks for the yeah, question, Sheldon, yeah. Th- th- yeah, thank you for your call. I think you said you've had all you've had your booster shot of Moderna. Did I hear that correctly, Sheldon? I, I uh, because I get the infusion. I've had three full ones uh, as opposed to uh, two and then the half. Right. So, so um, first of all, good for that because you are um, you do have an immune compromising condition, a medical condition, and so the, um, the current recommendations are are pretty much for your subsequent shots. You can get what you what's available. The one that has been proven, or not, maybe that's the wrong that's too strong a word. The one that has some early data that that it is the most effective is in fact the Moderna one. So if I were you, I'd just stick with it. Um, uh, uh, if, for instance, you were in a place without, with where you didn't have a choice, and they offered you the Pfizer one, I would get that one. I, I would get that one. But since um, you are in a place where you can get the Moderna one, I would just continue to get that one um, for any subsequent boosters. Now you've had three, and so technically you're you're already boosted, and there's very little guidance to say what do you do after that. I think it's highly likely that you'll be needing booster shots ongoing as the year wears on. I think you're okay for right now. Now, as for gatherings, you should be exceptionally careful because even though you're boosted, uh, your your medical condition does put you at higher risk. So I would mask and do the social distancing things that we all know kind of deep in our heads now. I would continue to do th- those things. I wouldn't avoid gatherings. I think you can get together. I would just take a be, – be safe about it. I would not gather with unvaccinated people. That's sort of my standard recommendation anyway. I wouldn't do that. But I, I think you can gather with other vaccinated people and take some basic precautions, like if anyone's sick, they shouldn't be there. Things like that, Sheldon. Six five one four six one nine two two six. Thank you, Sheldon, for that call. A number of folks texting on that line. You can also use that line to call in and ask your question, like Sheldon did. This is one that we have had in our house. Um, I tested positive for COVID, had a mild case, recovered. If I get tested again, will I still test positive? Someone told me I would still test positive five or six months afterwards, even though I am symptom-free. I did have all three shots. That's Doug writing in from Blaine because my mom has had it and my son has had it, and everybody's like, well, you can't come to Christmas unless you test negative. Well, sometimes if you've had it, it still stays in your system. So what do you – that's a – Difficult one, wouldn't you say? It is. Um, most people will not still be positive six months out, five or six months out. The test is a test for the actual virus itself. 
In other words, it's not looking for some secondary characteristic. The PCR test, which stands for polymerase chain reaction, you'll hear about that one. That's the gold standard, the best test of all. It is literally looking for the genetic footprint of the virus in your nose. And the virus has to literally be there. And most of us clear that virus. The vast majority of us clear that virus is due to our immune systems, due to the antibodies that, that you have from previous infection or the vaccine, due to your T cells and other aspects of your immune system. So most tests will become negative after a period of some weeks. There are, there's always exceptions because the human body didn't always read the textbook. And there are, there are a few people for some reason, they just don't seem to clear it, and they, they could carry it. That's the case for any infection. But the vast majority of us, that test will turn negative. So I agree with that. I would, uh, I, if, if you're in a group that is asking each other to get tested, you can go ahead and get tested as well. And if you've cleared that virus like, like you almost certainly have, you'll be negative as well. So the idea, just as we go into the holidays, and then we'll take a quick break and get more people. We've got folks on the phone. Um, Going into the holidays, so many people have got gatherings. It's a big one, you know, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. A lot of people have different ones other than that to accommodate all the family. Our family down in Austin, Minnesota, is asking that everyone get a test, a rapid test that you get from Walgreens, the at-home one that takes 15 minutes, to do that test before you're allowed to come to the party. Um, do you, is that a good idea, a bad idea? How would you yeah, characterize that? That's another layer of protection. My family did that at Thanksgiving. I don't want people to get the sense that that is perfect. It is just one little extra added layer. The, the home test that you do that you buy at the drugstore, um, and the big one in the United States is called Binax, B-I-N-A-X. It's, uh, uh, that's the brand name. It, it is great test if it's positive. In other words, if it comes back and you find that you have it, you can believe it. Those rapid tests, you can believe it if it's positive and you should not go to your family gathering. If it's negative, it's less reliable. It's maybe, it's, it's just less reliable. So what, it'll miss a quarter, maybe even a half of them. So in some cases, it might not be much better than flipping a coin. But if you, it, it can pick up someone early who doesn't yet know it. And so even with the Delta and probably the Omicron as well. So it, it, I think it's a decent idea if you can afford it and you can get them to have people get their tests. Mm. And mostly to it's to root out that one person who might be positive. And then you, that person just has to know you can't go to the family gathering. And <laughs> um, that's the whole point of getting them. Just don't say, well, <laughs> I can do whatever the heck I want because it's negative. It's it, it's not quite as reliable in that case. And, Shul I mean, Sheldon, why did I call you that? Because I'm looking at the name in front of me. Um, Dr. Hilden, I, we're going to take a break, but I just want to follow up with that because if you've had COVID, right, and it's been three weeks, four weeks, or what have you, and you might still test positive because it's still in your system. Are you still contagious as long as it's in your system? Yeah, another really good question that we don't have all the answers for, but we generally consider that two weeks after your infection, maybe as early as 10 days, you're less contagious. Is it zero? Probably not. Probably not zero. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, 
the the data do suggest that about 10 to 14 days after an infection, the human body has cleared it if okay. you've recovered, if okay. you're one of the ones who's recovered from your infection, which is the vast majority. Right. And so 10 to, 10 to 14 days out, you're generally pretty good. I would have the person who was positive two weeks ago, I w- and, and they're feeling fine now, and it was two weeks ago, I'd have them at my gatherings. I think that's okay. I would ask them to wear a mask and just take it off when you're ready to eat. Um, and things like that. Okay. But I don't think someone who was positive, who had COVID more than two, uh, you know, two weeks or more ago, I think you're okay being around them in almost every situation. Six five one four six one nine two two six is the number to call. We've got some folks on the phone, and we'll get to those. We'll start with Karen coming up right after this quick break on WCCO on Healthy Matters. And we are back. It is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning at seven thirty-seven. I'm Susie Jones along with Dr. David Hilden a physician at Hennepin Healthcare, and we're taking your calls and your text at 651-461-9226. Dr. Hilden, let's start with Karen, who is calling with a question, and then we'll get to some of the texts. Karen, you're on the air with Dr. Hilden. What's your question? Thank you very kindly. I, Dr. Hilden, I have had peripheral neuropathy in my, began in my feet. I've had it for I want to say maybe seven years or so since it started. And is there a two, two questions, maybe three very short ones. Is there any treatment for this other than meds? And I've had physical therapy and uh, many times. And is there anything besides that or is there is walking best keep continuing to walk and now i feel it's going up a bit into my ankles more on one side than the other but and so occasionally i feel it in my hands or at least they're a little bit numb and all and then finally um I guess those are the three main things. Those are my three main questions. It's sure. so frustrating. I can't drive anymore. I'm not old. I'm 76. I don't think that's old. I don't feel old. You're not old. You're not old, Karen. I agree with that. That's one thing I can say for sure. And thank you for your call. Uh, peripheral neuropathy has many, many causes. So first of all, it's best to know the cause. And sometimes that's a little bit elusive to figure out what that cause actually is. You are correct that in many cases we give medications in which just treats the symptom, to be honest. We have some of the medications, one of them is like gabapentin, is trying to uh, deaden that, that pain. Or in many people, it's not really a pain, it's a numbness. And so it tends to relieve that in some cases. So my first thing is make sure you've done everything you can to figure out the cause. Sometimes you're just anemic. In other words, a low, a low hemoglobin. Sometimes it's vitamin B12 deficiency. Sometimes it's magnesium or calcium uh, uh, that is deficient. Uh, so there could be one of those causes, and those are reversible, and so it can get better. If it's from diabetes, it's clearly blood sugar control to, to arrest the development of neuropathy. That, um, but there are other things, too. There are mechanical causes in your lower back, pinched nerves and the like. So what I would do is the things you're doing. You asked what could be done about it. Yes, I would continue to be as active as you can, like walking. I understand that's difficult if you have numb feet. Make sure you have the best shoes you can. I would see a a shoe specialist, a walking specialist, to get shoes with the best fit for you, the best arch support, the best 
cushioning for you. So go to a shoe specialist. Uh, see a physical therapist like you have. I do recommend things like acupuncture. That has helped many people. Um, acupuncture has been done for thousands of years in this world. Uh, and, and although we don't exactly understand all of it, it does help some people. So try acupuncture as one option. And then I might, if I were you, don't, don't, be, com don't be completely opposed to medication. Some of them might give you some relief at, without many side effects. So I think I might at least try some of those uh, at low doses. And, and some of them, like this gabapentin one, doesn't have a ton of side effects. So that might be something worth trying. Uh, and, and lastly, see a neurologist with an N, neurologist, and see if they have any other tips to give you because um, uh, what, you're, what you have can be really life-changing when you can't drive and the like. So thank you for I wish I had great, easy answers for you, Karen, but um, I, I hear you. And, and give, give some of those things a try. 651-461-9226. That's the number to call Dr. Hilden. It's also the number to text. And Dr. Hilden, a number of people are texting this morning about non-COVID-related matters. So perhaps we should get to a couple of those before we take another Let's call. Let's do some of those. Yeah, here's one that says, My husband has had painful gout in both feet and one finger since June. He has gone to urgent care two times and has seen two general practitioner doctors with no help. He's seen a rheumatologist in March. Is there anything you can do to suggest to alleviate the horrible pain he's experienced? That's from Pat and Alan. Thank you for your text. What's um, gout? Gout is a crystal deposition disease. Crystals are the byproduct of digestion, literally the foods you eat. Some of them form these little microscopic crystals. They're actually beautiful under a microscope. They're yellow, and they, they look like little snow crystals on a pane of glass. But they're not beautiful when they go to your joints. They hurt like heck. And so the things you can try, anti-inflammatory medications such as ibuprofen, um, your, your general practitioner doctor, your primary care phys physician can help you more. If, if they haven't been able to, ask them again. They can prescribe many of the things, many, many, many of the things a rheumatologist can prescribe. And it is true that, that a next appointment to a rheumatologist in March is not uncommon. They're in short supply. So um, go to your primary care doctor and try again. There are some things. Also, make sure it's gout. There's many other things that it could be. Uh, and so uh, uh, maybe if the gout treatments are working, it's because it's not gout. So uh, I would go back to your primary care doctor for that um, while you wait for your rheumatologist. Uh, the other ones here, here's a person that's saying, what is an hyperechoic abnormal mass in my torso and should it be removed? Hyperechoic simply means that on an ultrasound, it has a certain look to the radiologist. I can't tell you what that is, but if you have any abnormal mass, uh, do uh, have that followed up with whoever ordered your, your, your ultrasound. It's uh, a mass that would not be, would not be normal. Here's a texter that says, my potassium is always high. What's the best way to lower it? If potassium is outside the normal limits of being high, you need to have that addressed. It could be on a, it could be due to medications. It could be due to kidney disease. Those are the two biggest things. But potassium is regulated within a very, very narrow range in our body. It is done, the kidneys do that. So if your kidneys aren't doing that, that's not good. Uh, so you, it usually should be between 3.5 and 5.3, your potassium. So if it's above that 5.3 or somewhere in that range, see your doctor and see what's going on. It's often uh, medications. It's often kidney disease. Here's another person that's saying, uh, please mention the need for platelet donors. A absolutely correct. And another person is saying, uh, uh, what's a double red cell donation? Those are two texts. 
I was talking about blood donations. It's urgently needed. We also need platelets. And uh, that is a situation where they take the liquid part of your blood out. They spin it in a machine. It takes the platelets out and it puts back the rest of your blood back into your body. It's called phoresis, platelet phoresis. That is another thing that if you are so inclined, it takes a little longer. We need platelets and that's a great way to do that. A double red cell donation is they take twice the amount. Um, and so you have to be uh, in, you have to meet certain criteria to give double the number of red cells. But that also is a wonderful thing to do if you can. Let's see. I'm going on other. Non- and then one person asked about about getting a cookie and why did that help? And oh, it's oh, to get well, your blood sugar back up, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. They don't want you to be a woozy, so you get to drink juice or a pop. And you get to eat cookies and things just to keep your, your blood sugars and your – because they just took a, a, a certain amount of the, your blood out of you. Yeah. And so they don't want you to get woozy. So it, you don't have to eat the shortbread cookies. That's just the ones I like. Here's a person that says, what's the treatment for trigger finger? I have it in my thumb. Trigger finger is, is what you might think. It's, a, um, it's, it's often not in your thumb. It's in your trigger finger. Think of the Old West and you know, uh, you know, pulling a pistol of the trigger. Uh, you're, you're, you can get it in any finger, though, including your thumb. The, the deal is your tendons run through a sheath in your fingers and in your hands. It's, it's to re- reduce friction and, and allows you to move your fingers like we are and allows us all to play the violin and things like that. Um, if they get little if – if that sheath gets a little nodule in it or inflammation or it's not running quite so smoothly, you can, ha- you can get a little catch in your finger and you can't bend it very well. Uh, it is often just due to repetitive use. Some people have it from other conditions, but it's generally something that I would see a hand uh, specialist in. Like at Hennepin, we have a wonderful hand surgeon named Jackie Geisler. Dr. Geisler can, can fix you up there. But you can start with your primary doctor when you have a, a trigger finger. All right. Do we, we have time are, for more, Susie? Yeah, we're going to take a quick break, and then we've got a couple of folks on the phone. So why don't we do that? And we'll take that phone. last segment after this short break on News Talk 830 WCCO. It is Healthy Matters on a Sunday morning brought to you by Hennepin Healthcare. 750 on a Sunday morning, Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden. I'm Susie Jones. The number to call is 651-461-9226. If you have a medical question for Dr. Hilden, you can also text that same number. We'll go to Sandy. She has been waiting on the phone to ask Dr. Hilden. A question. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning. I just have a quick question for you about blood donation. Why is it so difficult out in like rural areas like Hutchinson, Glencoe, to just walk in and give blood without going to a Red Cross and waiting for an hour? Dr. Hilton? On with that. Why is it so? I wish it were different, but... um, I don't know, uh, but it does take a specialized person. Um, they have to do they have to do the right kind of screening. They have to um, collect it in just the right way. The test has to be run through a whole bunch of tests to make sure it's safe because our blood supply is exceptionally safe. So they can't just like go into a clinic and have them draw it in their normal ways. It it does require more than that. It's a really good question and. I have some colleagues in the blood banking business, and I'll ask them that very thing. And maybe I'll see if I can't come up with some better answers for that, which reminds me, if you want to be in touch, what other places that you can hear from me are on Twitter. And I really want to encourage people to go to that, Dr. David Hilden, if you happen to be on Twitter. Uh, if you're not, okay, but it's Dr. David Hilden. Uh, 
Um, and maybe I'll try to get some answers about that. It's a really good one. I also want to tell people, go to myhealthymatters.org. That's the website that um, uh, we are refreshing uh, for the show. It's called myhealthymatters.org because in the coming weeks, in the next one to three weeks, you're going to see a lot of changes. We have really big news coming up for the show um, for 2022. And so I want to encourage people to listen in next week and the week after some, for some news. I want you to encourage you to go to myhealthymatters.org and I want you to follow me on, the, on Twitter if you're so inclined at drdavidhilden. We have a lot of, uh, we have some big announcements to make for 2022. But Sandy, great question. I'll see what I can find out about blood donations in greater Minnesota. Let's take a call from Mike. Mike has been waiting a little while to ask your question. Mike, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, could you talk about exercise? Is is exercise good for you? This is for an adult or the lack of it. Could that be a cause for a shortened lifespan? Well, yes, um, it is. Exercise is good for everybody. It's just that your degree of exercise matters. So um, it doesn't mean we all have to try out for the Olympics and run marathons and do pole vaulting. But uh, exercise for everybody, I don't care who you are, is good. You could be, you could have a neurologic um, illness and be in a wheelchair. It's still moving in some way is good for you. Maybe you're an older adult who, who is past your athletic days, but for you, walking is a good idea or doing housework is a good idea, things that uh, for balance. Maybe it's just walking around your block. Other people, you should be on a bike or you could be running or you could be doing weightlifting. And so it, your degree of exercise matters. But yes, indeed, everybody find what works for you to be active. The human body was meant to be active. It wasn't meant to be lying around. I had a, a, a good friend one time say, um, motion is the lotion, Uh, moving will keep your body uh, loose and lubricated and yes it's also good for your heart and the like dr david hilden of healthy matters with us on this sunday morning it is healthy matters at 754 we've got about a minute or so left uh we have gotten a lot of questions on our text line this morning at 461 what am i saying 651-461-9226, Six five one four six one nine two two six. A listener writing in, Doctor Hilton. I like that lightning round when you just clicked off a bunch of answers to questions that folks had um, put out about their medical situation, their medical needs. Um, talk about an aspirin a day. Is that a good idea in general? Someone asked that. We used to give aspirins much more readily. So if you have had a heart attack, yes, an aspirin a day is important if you've had a heart attack. The other people who should be taking one is if you've got um, a lot of heart disease risk factors like diabetes, high blood pressure, or um, if your cholesterol is really high. But that is not most people. Most people, if you've not had a heart attack, don't need an aspirin. So we're encouraged. So just talk to your doctor about that one. As for the lightning round, you know, the first 15 minutes of the show, as we wait for texts, uh, I don't have as many to answer. And then as the <laughs> second half of the show happens, we have 450. So I'm, I'll, <laughs> sorry if I didn't get to your question. We do our, we certainly do our best. And please do follow me on Twitter, drdavidhilden, and go to myhealthymatters.org. Wonderful. And they can also call the hospital, right, Dr. Hilton, if they have any questions. And that number, I think you know it right off the top of your head. I do. 612-873-MY-MD, 612-873-6963 to get to a doctor. See you next week, Dr. Hilton. All right. Good night. After this. Good night. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> Good day. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? 
Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.